Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. That's the acapella version of the intro song brought to you by Matthew Doyle, who dared me to record and publish it, which I've done. Thank you for the prompt, Doyle. He's a polarizing figure in this little ecosystem of ours, but make no mistake, he's always been a great friend of Scuffed, and we appreciate him. To the soccer. A roster for the World Cup qualifiers in September should be released in the next couple of days, and we're going to talk about that. Who do we want to see in this squad? Who do we expect to see? It'll all be rolled up in a single recipe over the next hour or so. Greg, how you doing? Bells, I'm all right. I'm at this point like checking my 10-day forecast for San Salvador uh, every day because we are, by the time this posts, that 10-day forecast will include uh, the opening match day of World Cup qualifying. Yeah, the 10-day, like the, the one on um, weather.com. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever your preferred weather app is, look at the 10-day forecast for San Salvador. Hush, this, this podcast is sponsored by weather.com. No, I'm just, just kidding. Yeah, it's so close. It's weird to have it be so close. It's, we've been waiting for this for so long. We're working with, I think, a roster of 26. Is that the, is that the parameter that you're working with? Uh, so I think I landed on that, but I, it, that wasn't the starting point. Uh, so what we're going to do today with our roster talk uh, is we're going to go through sort of what our guiding principles are that we think Berhalter is probably adhering to, uh, or at least sort of theoretically, um, and then trying to stick to that. Because there, again, there are so many permutations with, with all these windows and with now with all these sort of injuries that are piling up, um, which isn't that strange because as our pool has expanded drastically over the summer, uh, that means that more guys are going to be injured. If you have more guys you're thinking of including, um, you're going to by default have more injuries. Um, I think I landed on 26 because I think my guiding principle here for Burhalter is that he will probably keep it tight for this window. It'd be easy to let it sprawl with all of the positive performances, a couple of breakout players for clubs. Um, but I think for this opening window, the key guys, we already know who they are. And I think he's going to keep it tight, establish some rhythms, establish some uh, patterns for the actual play window, travel logistics, and then maybe next window maybe start to uh, get a little more expansive with his call-ups. And that's just simply to, to like set a tone. Basically. Yeah, I think so. And, and, uh, and I don't think that's a bad idea. Again, this is it's speculation that that's even going to happen. We'll be, you know, the roster will come out and it'll be 35 names, but uh, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that that would make sense. Like uh, there aren't big holes that need to be filled. Like immediately the, all of sort of the question marks are very much at the fringes. Uh, I think in my opinion. So um, so there's no real urgency to doing it this window, uh, when you can get a lot of information for, for some of these new guys by just watching them over the next few weeks in Europe or at their club, uh, and then seeing how the picture looks for them in October. Well, what about just bringing in players for the experience of going, you know, going to San Salvador and going through that together? I'm thinking of people like Joe Scali, George Bello. Uh, Conrad De La Fuente, you know, who maybe, maybe wouldn't be in a 23 or a 26, but th they have a good chance of being important for the team two months from now or three months from now. Why not bring them in and just have them be part of the team so they can experience all this? So again, for, he might, like that might happen. And there's plenty of arguments you could make for it. Uh, I think my, my sense is 
if, if it were me running the show, I would prefer to keep it limited right away. Uh, you know, those are, those are going to be sort of get acquainted uh, missions. And I think I would rather in that first camp just get everything clicking, everything running smoothly, no sort of uh, distractions or, or having to focus on X, Y, or Z when you can just streamline everything, keep it down, boil it down to the barest of essentials, uh, and just focus on that job at hand. And again, I think, I think the players we have, the key players, very much are known quantities. So they are. it's easy, I think, to just keep the focus on them in the opening camp. Uh, you might have some filler that might not be in it for the long term around them. Um, and then come October, you figure out who you need to start integrating with with those. I don't know if you want to call them speculative call ups or, or sort of those get acquainted call ups. OK, well, I said, you know, Conrad and Scally and Bello wouldn't be in a, you know, a 23 or a 26. There are people who would disagree with that. Right. There sure. are people who would say, you know, Scally started at left back against Bayern Munich. He doesn't have anything more to prove. He played well. He should be, you know, the backup left back or whatever. So and, I just and I'll make know. clear, you know, we at Scuffed have never been opposed to speculative call up. So I, I would not be like, oh, no, we, we can't have Scally in this camp. It's going to cost us. I, I basically think that there is going to be very little marginal cost uh, for omitting some of those names, some of those breakout names or some of those um, fringe players. Uh, because, again, we might be talking about the 24th through 25th, 26th spots on a roster that uh, are sort of break in case of break glass in case of emergency guys. Um, and the other thing to remember is we can always, if those emergencies occur in game one, we, we lose three guys to injury like Ariel in the Gold Cup. Uh, you just add guys after the fact. You call them in the next day and they meet you in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no rules about this. This isn't the World Cup. <laughs> it's the wild, wild west for qualifying. Yeah, and then the other, you know, there's a couple other things, top level things. There's Pulisic's COVID diagnosis, which um, it seems like he should be able to make it to the U.S. for the at least the second or third match. If you know, assuming everything, it's just a sort of a run of the mill twenty something getting COVID, and it's not that big of a deal. No idea there, right? I mean, total mystery about what what he's up to now, whether he's still like doing train. I mean, have you seen anything? Is he posting things like working out, training, anything like that? I haven't. If, I'm not. If a, he's on. I'm not on couch on rest. Instagram as some others. <laughs> if he's if he's on couch rest for for two weeks, you know, I don't I have no idea. Uh, but those kinds of things could play into it. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's like, I don't care. I literally don't care if he's not gone off his couch for two weeks. If he's cleared the day that we play. Canada and Nashville, he's wearing a uniform and starting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you almost feel like, I mean, I, I, I feel like we don't really need to have him in the 11 against El Salvador anyway, or at least you could argue we don't need that. And we're, we're hoping to do like a how do you rotate episode uh, once the roster is out and it, the roster could be out anywhere from tomorrow to Friday, who knows for sure. So we'll get into that, but as, so the, I mean, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be too bad to just have him come for the second and third games and and not even pretend that he might play in the first one. The right, other thing, right? The other thing is, well, go ahead, go ahead. It, and it'll all just come down to actually what his car, like cardiovascular fitness is at that point. Like COVID is is not easy on the lungs for a lot of people. So right. uh, to just to sort of just assume, oh well, he had it this day. We can just you know mark put ten X's on our calendar from the day he tested positive. Uh, and he's good to go after that. Like that's also a bit of a leap that we we can't quite just say that straight away. Well, the good news is we have 
some other good wingers, other good half space merchants. The the other thing is is other injuries like uh, Zardis is out two to four weeks with a hamstring tweak, right? And then uh, yep, saw that. Ariola, Paul Ariola, how long is he out for? Is he definitely out for this window? Haven't haven't seen a, a firm date on it yet. Just know he left that game injured, and then he didn't play, and their next game wasn't in uniform. Haven't seen anything on a timeline, but maybe some of the DC folks out there uh, can correct us. Daryl DK hasn't played any soccer since the Gold Cup. Uh, it could be a shoulder injury. It could be something more encouraging, like a move in the works. Who knows? And um, who else? Tim Ream left, left the Fulham match with an injury. Uh, and again, for as much as it feels like Tim Ream is always on the cusp of not being in, in, the, in the roster anymore, uh, in, the, in the fans' minds, uh, he sure does start every single important game for Greg Berhalter. Yeah. W- would you categorize that as cute? <laughs> That's, at this point, we're cute adjacent. Uh, but Ream, Ream pop probably hurt. Uh, Eunice Musa out injured still. Yeah, uh, for the opening of the season, and then Paxton Pomacall is like a, a guy on the fringes, I think. Or who is be, he oh, even on the fringes? I mean, is, or is that just in our minds? He's in the fringes. <laughs> I I think he'd be in the discussion again when you know if the new bar to clear into that midfield is like uh, Eric Williamson or Gianluca Busio, um, there are going to be a lot of guys in the discussion. Yeah. It, we're back to that fourth eight being kind of a wide open race. Yeah. Okay, and then um, Kellen Acosta, I don't think he's injured, but he is he has not played for Colorado since the Gold Cup either, right? No, he has. He got 90 uh, just over the weekend. It was oh. his first game back. So he got 90, and then Eric Williamson came back in and got 45 uh, after a yep. few matches out I saw for that. Portland. Yeah, okay, so Acosta's back in the game. Zimmerman, Zimmerman back from injury. He's played now in 90. He's got a 90 under his belt. That's, I think that's pretty important news that he, you know, he played – he got made a cameo in the the previous match, and now he's uh, fully back to health. Should we start uh, with the position groups now? Yeah, we'll just go position by position. We're going to again. I'm I'm going to be going by my guiding principle of a, a tight, streamlined camp with the emphasis on uh, just setting the tone. Uh, Bells, you're free to disagree if you think that getting some guys in and getting acquainted uh, should be a priority for this camp. Uh, we'll give the guys we think are coming. Then we're going to throw in a guy who uh, Burhalter could include as like a very cute selection. Uh, and then we'll throw in sort of our wish list if we could just, uh, if we could run the show for a day. So if, if the wish list comes at the end, the first thing is what's likely to happen. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. So we're talking right. about primarily what is, what Burhalter is likely to do. I think so. And then obviously, as always, we'll like let our own, uh, opinions bleed in because it's inevitable. Yeah, goalkeepers, right. easiest easiest picks in the in the lineup. Turner, Stefan, and Horvath. I guess the real question is who starts. Yeah, and and whether they rotate or or how it'll work. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, the only way I think we get cute here is if like you leave off the third string keeper. Like uh, if if that's Horvath in this case, uh, it might not be. But whether you just let him stay with Nottingham Forest. Uh, he's played one cup match, hasn't broken through in their league matches yet. So do you just leave him home since you might not play him over the window and let a Brad Guzan, you know, travel with the team? Yeah. Stefan and Horvath appear to be settling into a rhythm of not playing much this season. So (laughs) 
that's something to watch. Um, let's go to center backs. Who do you think is who do you think is most likely? So I've got John Brooks. Uh, I've got Miles Robinson, and then I have Chris Richards and Walker Zimmerman as my as rounding up my four. And it wouldn't surprise me if we only bring four to start with. Uh, but this one, this one, there's some wiggle room. Who do you have for who do you have for coming in? Well, if Reem is hurt, then then I think that is a pretty good guess of what what will happen. You know, those four. Um, if if Reem is healthy, I th- I would be a little bit surprised if Richards came instead of Reem. So yeah, so people are gonna I think balk at that. Uh, do you think that's just a Burhalter thing, or do you think you would probably not bring Chris Richards? No, I'd bring Chris Richards. Okay, for sure. I think that would be cute of Burhalter. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cute for me. Reem is probably the guy who would have been in here in addition to those four, and then his injury might just mean leaving that fifth spot blank. Uh, I'll give a I'll give a little bit of like the the rebuttal to the people who who just can't believe that. Well, I guess I want Chris Richards there too, but the people who can't believe that some people might want Miles Robinson to start over Chris Richards because I'm seeing a lot of uh, uh, angst about that. Um, and and what my experiment in my head is that uh, if you took that, like we've been looking for uh, a partner for John Brooks, we thought it would be Chris Richards, but we haven't really seen him play for the national team yet. Uh, and so the hope was when he finally got a chance to actually get good minutes for the national team, hope we were hoping it was Nations League, he'd step in and look the part and everything would go swimmingly. Uh, he gets hurt, so he can't do it. Um, and then he's not included for Gold Cup for whatever reason. But what I like to do is I take that Gold Cup performance that we saw from Miles Robinson. And if you just take the Robinson off of his shirt and put a Richards on there, and if we saw Chris Richards do exactly that, exactly what Miles Robinson did in that Gold Cup, everyone would be like, yes, this is exactly what we needed to see. Uh, we see him now do it for the national team. Instant lock. He's right next to Brooks, and we have no worries going forward. Um, so it's just like Miles already did it. Miles did exactly what we needed to see Chris Richards do. I've got no problem with him starting. Uh, it would be a little cute to leave Richards out entirely. Um, but again, it could be that this window, the emphasis is on Brooks and Miles, um, and he goes with the guys who are in the other camps, uh, Gold Cup and Nations League for his backups. Yeah, and there could be, it's possible there's something going on behind the scenes with like the club, with Richards' club situation, and it would be most beneficial for him to stay. Uh, who knows, but I do, but yeah, the, if you remember the person who was the center back who did get to play in nation's league because in part, because, or presumably in part because Richards was injured was Mark McKenzie and he, you know, he showed flashes of good stuff, but he also, you know, did not prove himself 100% reliable. He had the, like the famous how like shocker against Mexico in the opening minutes and had a few other moments that were not, not great. So it feels, I think the center back position feels a lot better than it used to, but it's still kind of, it's Brooks and miles for me. And then, yeah, you know, who knows? (laughs) Then pick a couple. Well, and then, Uh, and then the whole, and then Richard's, because you know he did it for Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga against good like against teams like RB Leipzig so there's there that's a as big of a test as you can face pretty much as a professional center back i mean you know it's in the ballpark of as big of a test as you can face that that's definitely the hope the beauty of this is we saw miles do exactly what we were hoping to see chris richards do 
but we could still see Chris Richards do the same thing. So we could just have, or, or maybe even like degrees better. Uh, so we might be in a, in a situation where we have two guys who are giving that level of performance and that would be fantastic. This is going to be a kind of a theme for me throughout this is that I do, I'm not so interested in the streamlined camp as you are. I want to see, (laughs) no, I mean, I, I acknowledge, I mean, you're the coach, you're the one who's actually coached soccer in real life, unlike me, but, um, I just want to see, even if Richards is brought in to get, to get further acquainted and to understand the system better and to understand the stakes and doesn't play, I still want him there, you know, and I'm going to say that about a few other people too. Well, again, I, w- I want him as one of my four. So I want him in with a, either a plan to play or a comfort to rely on him should he be needed. So uh, for me, he's not even like a get acquainted guy. I want him in as the four. I just I based on his uh, uh, what half a dozen or dozen or so games with Hoffenheim. I basically just trust him more than I trust uh, a Mark McKenzie or Matt Miazga. Yeah. And, and I, James Sands will throw on there as a, as a possible fifth because of uh, the additional uh, tactical flexibility he might offer. Yeah. Um, given his center, center mid, center back hybridness. As a middle of a back three. And um, the. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. So Sands qualifies as like a possible wish for, for just that flexibility, but I'm not, not super uh, <laughs> crazy about him being there or not. Well, we know from Gold Cup that he struggles a little bit more as a center back in a two center back formation. He just doesn't have the elite athleticism for that. So let's go to let's go to fullback. Oh, I, w- I want to say one more thing about Richards. It's it is a little bit frustrating that his club situation is what it is right now. He's not doesn't appear to be in the first team. No, I mean he's he's in the plans. He played. He came on and played as a sub for Alfonso Davies in the last game for Bayern at left back for a few minutes. And like, that's the minutes he's gotten for Bayern Munich so far in the league. That's a little frustrating. And I think it does, you know, you do want somebody who's sharp and, and, you know, playing at a high level. He's not playing at a high level right now. I mean, he's training at a high level, but he's not playing at a high level. So there's a, I just want to acknowledge that point of view. Sure. The the issue there is neither Miazga hasn't played a minute since, since his, 90 90th minute cameo against Honduras. So Miazga over the summer only played one minute for the U S uh, he just moved, uh, to the La Liga on loan. Um, so he hasn't played any, any soccer either. Uh, and That's then true. McKenzie is sort of fallen out of the rotation. He'll have a chance to play this coming weekend. Otherwise he's looking at a month without games going into the window. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when you put it like Chris that, Richards, there's wish, no, we have Richards has to be there. It has to be, he has to be there. <laughs> He's he's actually my wish list center back. He, I really hope he's on there. Okay, let's do fullbacks. Who do you have? Uh, how many fullbacks and who are they? All right, so fullbacks is my first cop-out space where I'm bringing Serginho Dest, I'm bringing Anthony Robinson, and then I am also bringing a right back and a left back. <laughs> Draw their names out of a hat. So the names in this hat from which we will draw are... Uh, Yedlin, Cannon, Moore... Shaq Moore, George Bellow, Sam Vines, Joe Scally. Scally's actually my wish list pick, so I'm cheating, getting ahead of the game there. But okay, yeah, I think I'd like to bring five fullbacks: Dest, Robinson, Shaq, Scally, and Cannon. As a you know, Scally perhaps just to 
to get acquainted. But can in there, can in there as sort of a serviceable um, break in case of emergency situation. And then, uh, you know, the lion's share of the minutes go to Dest and Robinson and more. But yeah, you know, I, I, I tip my cap to your, um, your agnosticism about it. <laughs> uh, Scalia as one of the four would be really interesting and probably a huge reach. Uh, just because, again, he doesn't have the, the Burhalter familiarity that all of the other guys have. Uh, also, there was a report that he had not been in contact with U.S. soccer uh, up as of like a week ago. And that makes it seem unlikely that uh, he's, he's in the picture for this, for this call up. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I have to put. And I'm not, too, I'm not too bothered about it. So, so Dest, Robinson, uh, Shaq, and Cannon. I think that seems somewhat likely. Cannon is one of Berhalter's guys. I don't. I think it's a very. There's a very small chance that he wouldn't be on this roster. Yeah, there there are man management ways around it because Cannon has barely played. Uh, I think he did. He just get in as like a late sub uh, in their last game. I don't, I don't I'll have think to double so. Check Bovista now. plays play today. Yeah, they play the, they play as we speak, I think. He didn't, so we'll have to see He didn't play last weekend. But there are definitely like, you know, grounds to leave a guy out if he's if you know he was he was hurt through most of the gold cup and now he hasn't played since then. Um Yedlin hasn't been playing much, but he's like, you know, he's gone through a preseason and he's seen the field a few times for Galatasaray. Uh and he started against Mexico in the in the Nations League final. So I think Berhalter does respect sort of at least the toughness that Yedlin brings uh, to a CONCACAF scenario. So I don't know. I don't know why I'm even going on about it. There's, again, pick the names out of a hat for me. They're all serviceable. I think, I think you're going on about it because it's, it's not real clear who those, you know, third and fourth picks are going to be. I make it sound like it might be clear, but it's not. Uh, yeah, Yedlin actually went 90 in a Europa League qualifier midweek last week, and Galatasaray also plays today. And then they have a they have a midweek second leg against Randers on in the middle of the week. Yeah. All right, let's do center mids. Okay, center mids. Uh, this is a pretty exciting spot um, because it feels like Tyler Adams is back and ready to go at full strength for us. Uh, so he's the first name on my team sheet with. Uh, Weston McKennie joining him. I think Kellen Acosta looked good in 90 minutes for Colorado. He was kind of, did you watch it at all? So he's basically playing at like the bottom of a triangle with uh, Mark Anthony Kay ahead of him on the left. And uh, I think it's Jack Price ahead of him on the right. Cole Bassett like shifted out wide left. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see because uh, again, my hope is actually that we see Acosta McKennie Adams in midfield together with Acosta as the six and Adams a little bit higher. But I don't know if anyone else shares that. Uh, shares that. Hope. I don't really, um, because I, I well, well, I just to agree with what you said about Adams earlier. He does look sharp right now. He he. Did you watch any of that Red Bull Leipzig win? He looked. Oh yeah, real good, energetic, uh, <laughs> clean on the ball, progressive with his passing. A lot to be excited about there. So then you so then you're saying put him at the eight, Acosta at the six, and McKinney at the other eight. Yeah, I mean we're talking real triple pivot stuff, and it just gives Adams a little bit more license to to go where where he thinks the game takes him, and I just very much trust him to do that. Um, but I, again, I'm not going to be bothered about any configuration of midfielders we throw out with those three guys. 
and I don't even mean just all of them together. I mean, wherever Adams plays in midfield, I'm going to be pretty happy about it. Yeah, just okay. seeing him out there. Uh, and then I also got, I've got legit in there as, as basically a lock. Uh, and then I think it gets a little interesting and I'm going with, uh, Roldan who I don't love at all in central midfield for us. And this, so this one's a total like Burhalter pick. Uh, and then I think probably maybe Eric Williamson. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, it, it, the other options would be him bringing in like Luca Della Torre, um, Gianluca Busio, Pomacall's hurt. Moose is hurt. There's no way Keaton Parks is getting a run out here. No. <laughs> Though I wish we could see yeah. it once. It's not a time uh, for experimentation. No, so, I don't. So it doesn't seem like the, any of those is going to happen. Maybe. Williamson. William, Williamson just got back uh, again after the long spell. Played 45 minutes. Uh, that was like up and down down in Austin. I think it was like 100 degrees. They, they were down 3-0 at halftime. <laughs> and he came off at halftime. So. Uh, he he was he was hit or miss. He had he had some solid moments. He also like ended at, after about twenty minutes. He ended up uh, being pushed out wide right. Felt very like Dave Sarakin ish, hmm. uh, where suddenly Eric Williamson was like the right man in a four two three one. Um, so whatever for whatever that's worth. They I did notice that Austin was just passing through the finding a lot of pockets of space in that midfield to receive and turn and drive at the back line. Um. What's what's up with um, MLS is so crazy because you think like, <laughs> well, Portland's a pretty good team. They're not going to they should be able to do pretty well against an expansion side. And they're they get curb stomped in the first half. I don't know. What about uh, Reyna as a midfielder? You know, that's the all the kids are talking about it. <laughs> well, he's been playing as like a as like a pseudo eight for Dortmund. Again, there's there's so much hybridity now that it's hard to you know saying he's an eight doesn't mean one thing for for one team. He might be this kind of an eight for Dortmund, whereas the U.S. plays this kind of an eight. Um, I've had I've had no doubts that Gio Reyna could play that position for us for the U.S. Uh, the worry has been for me: uh, does it hurt us a lot to take him out of the advanced attacking line? Uh, where, you know, most people want him as a 10. Well, that's where our, you know, analog of a 10 plays up higher. If we drop him into that midfield, do we lose the strength that he brings to ball retention, to uh, cage matches, pressing from up high? Um, And I still have those concerns, but I certainly wouldn't hate to see him in midfield with uh, another very good attacker put in on the, in the right half space. How about you? Where where do you stand on the rain on the big rain of question? It's very tempting. I think I think um, I need you to un, I need you to articulate more clearly what your concerns are because I know you've done it a lot, but I'm but I'm slow on this stuff because it seems to me well he's so you're say you do Adams and McKenney as your six and your eight, which I think is what a lot of people have as their sort of lock. Then you could put Reina as the other eight. And then you could put um, Tim Weah in there to stretch the line as, as a right wing or uh, Brendan Aronson as a half-space merchant, a more pure half-space merchant. What do you lose when so, you do that? Yeah. So for, for me, sort of what you're going to lose in possession, or you might not, you, again, you might not lose anything. The, the worry is just going to be how it stays, uh, what shape it takes in the, like as you're building, because are you having way a pinch in or, or let's, let's say it's Tim Weah. And then Serginho Dest moves up on the right side uh, and Pulisic wants to come in from the left side. Uh, so those guys end up being your 10. So now Reina is not going to be doing the job of a 10 
he's going to be doing the job of like a shuttling eight, uh, which again, I think he could do that job really well. And it might be that his ability to connect defense to attack makes everyone else in our pool look terrible. And suddenly we've, we've hit on the, the formula to really get more out of our possession. And that would be awesome. Uh, I do still worry that the drop off from Reyna to either Wea or Aronson or Conrad in one of those attacking spots could be significant and could be enough that uh, it's not worth it to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's an experiment I would certainly like to see run. Well, I mean, talking about the left side of the field, when, when Sebastian Legette has been one of the eights, one of the things he's, I think, rightly re- received praise for is his ability to, you know, sort of defer to Pulisic and do whatever it is Pulisic's not doing. So if Pulisic tucks in, he makes a run out wide. Or, you know, if Pulisic's staying wide, then he's in the, the 10, that sort of 10 spot as an eight. Now, I don't think, I don't think Reyna is as selfless an individual as Leggett is, probably, or as, you know, as good off the ball with his movement, but he could do that stuff. You know, you could make it work. Robinson could, could be more of a stay at home who occasionally bombs forward and doesn't, I don't think we need to see Robinson on a high line in, in possession with the forward, you know, we don't need that from him. I don't hate it. I, I think Bob, I think Bob Morocco posted a, a, a rotation that would, would accomplish uh, rain at the eight. And it would, it was actually Sergio Dest being more of like a inverted center mid in possession where Wea stays high and Reina uh, can get higher up the field and it's, it's then Dest pinching in. So you still have sort of your um, horizontal balance of, of players across the different horizontal lanes. Um, so there's, there's, again, there's t- tons of different ways to arrange at that sort of balanced shape and possession. Uh, and you could definitely do it with Reyna in more of an eight role. Uh, and again, you could even do it with Reyna starting out as that eight, but, but kind of like Legette has done in the past, he steps up in and becomes more of the 10 uh, rather than just sitting in front of the six. So uh, we don't have to get too bogged down in all this. Let's, we, can, we can definitely go nuts with the tactics once the rosters come out. Um, wouldn't wouldn't hate to see Reyna in that midfield at all. I don't know how likely it is. Do you think it's likely? No, I don't. And I think and I think part you know, part of the argument against it would be like, okay, sure, we do have these exciting wingers. Like what you're not sure that you're you're thinking maybe there's a huge drop off from Reyna to Aronson. And um I I think it's really that's a fair concern. Uh, and but there there's this all this talk about how we have all these exciting wingers. We have Wea playing for a good uh, well, it used to be a good Liga on team. Um they, we got Aronson at Salzburg and now now we have Conrad De La Fuente. So why not move Reina to the middle? Well, the argument against that, I'm setting all this up to say the argument against that is well, it, it's we have these three game windows. So it's not about just like putting out the best possible lineup for the for one game. It's about having good lineups for three games in a row. And we are going to need those guys to play on the wing, whether that's for 40 minutes in the second half against one of these games or starting one of these games. So I don't think there's like this, I don't feel this huge sense of urgency that we have to get right into the middle. Right, right. That's what I'd say. It's not an ironclad case, but it'd be interesting as hell. And I wouldn't hate seeing it. Same here. But you don't think you, you don't think it's likely either. Probably Berhalter will will bring him as a forward and play him as a half space merchant. I think that's his starting spot. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me though if we see a little bit of uh, within a game, you know, like a, a little shift towards that after a substitution. Wouldn't wouldn't be crazy. I mean, Berhalter has done a lot of like unrehearsed, at least unrehearsed in matches, 
changes. Like that, you think about that Mexico final in, in Nations League. Think of all the wild positional flexes there were uh, in the run of the game. So uh, yeah. he can do, he did it in the Gold Cup with. Uh, I think Zardes was playing at some point like a wing back. Like he'll do some of these things and trust that the guys are capable of doing it. And Reyna is a guy that I trust in a lot of different places. Yeah, I'm getting kind of annoyed thinking about all those unrehearsed <laughs> positional flexes. It's like, uh, so I've got for for this. We're still in the central midfield. My my cute possibilities, I think, are Roldan, who I expect to see, uh, and again, who I just don't think controls the middle of the field well enough to be an eight. I really wish that if he were going to be in this group, it would be uh, as like a flex half space merchant. Uh, and then I think we can't. We also can't r- totally rule out. Uh, Jackson, you will being called up again. Have you ruled that out? Mm, I sort of have subconsciously ruled it out. I need to. It'd be Buzio instead, right? Like if you were if you were going to do like a full on deep lying playmaker selection, it would be Buzio, who could also at least deputize as an eight. Yeah, arguably, I suppose. Okay. okay. All right. So I think that does. Yule's probably ruled out, and it'd be Buzio on the on the fringe. I don't have a strong wish here because I don't. I don't think we need to be. I don't think we need to be experimenting too much. Um, but yeah, definitely Adams, McKinney, Acosta, Legette, and then if it's Williamson and rolled on, so be it. Sands, I w- I I think would make sense as a holding mid backup, but it doesn't appear that we're going to see that either. Should we talk about the wingers? Let's get into the yeah. Let's get into our half space guys. Uh, you go first this time. Surely that we're not going to be that okay. That dissimilar. I uh, uh, well, it's going to be Pulisic, Reyna, Wea, Aronson, Conrad, and Hoppy for me. So this is a this is an example of me wanting to bring everybody. Uh, I no, obviously not everybody, but Hoppy was so good in the Gold Cup that we need we need to see more of him. Um, and Conrad has been so good in Liga A so far that we need to see him at least in the camp, get him acquainted, get him to be part of this group that's trying to qualify for the World Cup, even if he doesn't play. And if he if he does happen to get on at the end of a match, great. You know, let's see what let's see what he's got. Uh so that'll be six. And if I think at this point we're looking at like twenty four, twenty five players, not including the forwards in my proposed roster. So what do you think about the the half space guys? Really sprawling. You're really sprawling here. Now, uh, Pulisic, Reina, Wea, I th- I'm pretty sure Aronson are, are locks. Uh, and so then I threw Hoppy on there. And I know Hoppy is, um, I believe, basically a forward for Schalke and a forward only. Um, but we clearly saw that he can do a job uh, out wide for us. And I think because Zardes is hurt, I, th- I kind of already had Hoppy penciled in as, as a striker as well on the striker depth chart for this camp. Uh, and I think he'll kind of be in both those uh, roles uh, throughout uh, a possibility for both those spots. And it, I, again, I would love to see Conrad on here. I'm not expecting it because I, I think this, uh, you know, we're, we talk about these get acquainted uh, slots, but you also have to remember like this whole team needs to get acquainted. Like they played split up between Nations League and Gold Cup. And even in the camps before that, it was very much like a European uh, domestic split. Um, with a couple of guys making the, the overseas flight, but this this group has barely played together, so I think that this is like the get acquainted for the entire team, and then these new players might might see their get acquaintedness 
coming later. But Conrad has also been in a camp, so we can't forget that either. He was in the uh, November camp last year. That's right. So this wouldn't be like Scally, where he's he's never been in a in a Burhalter camp. He's he's been there before. He started he started that one of those games too, the one against Wales. He started, and he he had a he had a big chance. Yep, he started against Wales with uh, Legette as the as the false nine. Ugh. Uh, there's no, there's no cute options here, right? There's no cute inclusions. We're, we're not going to see Jonathan Lewis on this list. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> so that's where we're at. We're, we're, we're cute proof on the wings. Like the only, the only questions are going to be, uh, how, how far, how many bodies Berhalter brings. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Jesus Ferreira though. I'm just going to include him on my wish list from here on out because I very much enjoy watching him play. I also have, I have Conrad on my wish list, so I'm hoping to see it. I'm just not going to be like super, super disappointed or angry uh, if he's not on this particular list. That's fair. I mean, a lot of people will be super disappointed and angry, but not you, Greg. <laughs> Paul Ariola out injured. Uh, Nico Giochini, I don't know, is really just going to make it. I think he's just going to be below some of these other options. He hasn't played. I think he, he's the guy who maybe played like the last two minutes uh, for the first for his first minutes of the season yesterday. Um, I have Julian Green listed here because I think this would be where he fits in best for us. Uh, he kind of plays like a hybrid of a hybrid center mid half space merchant role. So mm-hmm. for for his club, um, but I think I think it'd be easier to incorporate him for us uh, out wide rather than throwing him right into the middle of the rotations. Um, and he still feels to me like a guy who'd be like a he won't hurt you, but he's not gonna he's not gonna make you a lot better kind of a player at the moment. Yeah, I I saw that he I pulled up some of his clips from the weekend and he took four shots. One of them was a header that uh, was like not that you know as a header he should have tried to head in the goal. The other three were all like blasts from thirty five yards that had no chance of going in, and that they kind of reminded me of the good. The good loves a thirty five yard blast. He does. Uh, and Grote Firth is going to be, is going to be struggling this year, but that's, you know, that's definitely not a disqualifier for a, for being on a U.S. roster. That's for sure. Um, let's move to forwards. All right. I just have, I have Sergeant P. and Hoppy. So you got Hoppy as a winger and a forward. Yeah. I have him as the fifth winger because you, you know, you only usually would need four for a camp, but because it's an extended one, Hoppy gives you the extra body there. And he gives you the third striker where you might only need two. So he's just this uh, uh, utility man in the attack. Yeah. Okay. Who are you bringing? Who are you bringing? Well, I'm bringing Hoppy as well, but I'm, I'm going to add uh, Pepe to the list. Sergeant Pifok and Pepe. I think uh, Zardes' injury, DK's uncertainty are a great um, opportunity to bring in Pepe. And I know you're, you're very concerned about predatory cap tying, and I don't, I'm not. I mean, okay, maybe in my heart of hearts, I, I'd be okay with it, but I'm not going to publicly say that I'm okay with it. Um, I think they, if you want to handle this in an appropriate way for the young man, then you know, bring him to camp, let him see what it's all about, and get him acquainted. You know, and if he feels like he's he's ready to he's ready to get capped, then cap him. And if he's not, then wait. I'm totally on board with that. I was going to say he's. So he played over the weekend. He scored a goal 
and uh, sort of created the other goal for Dallas. He just works so hard, you know, even if when he, even when it's not all clicking in the buildup and not, everything's not perfect soccer wise, he's still working his butt off and he in the press and coming back to the ball. He does a lot of little things well. And he's the leading score, leading American goal scorer in Major League Soccer, tied with CJ Sapong, uh, at the age of eighteen. There we go. I was wondering if we were going to talk about. I was wondering if we were going to talk about Sapong. Is Sapong on your on your depth chart anywhere here? No, I have. I, I'm I'm too slow moving in my thinking to to add him back yet. But what, is there is there a strong argument for it? <laughs> I mean, the nine goals, I guess, is an argument. Yeah, he's got nine goals, three assists in, I think, 1,200 minutes. I think he's got, uh, like, seven goals and assists in his last 400 minutes. Uh, so for people who are trying to justify Pepe's inclusion based on, like, the hot hand, I think the hot hand would actually go to CJ Sapong if that's your if that's your thing. Is that not your thing? I'm getting a sense that it's not your thing. I'm not usually a hot hand guy, but again, Sapong has, he's got... 12, 12 and 1200 minutes. So it's not, he's, he's also both Sapong and Pepe are overperforming expected goals. So a wet blanket, both of them with that. Uh, there basically is no U S striker at the moment that would surprise like a single striker that would surprise me to be in this camp. Like if, if Sapong gets called up, I'd be like, huh, if Pepe gets called up, I'd be like, yay, but it wouldn't like surprise me. Uh, it was Zardes and DK out, uh, that, that, extra striker spot if we bring an extra striker could be any of those guys it could be a Bobase, it could be bobby wood i'm not going to be mad uh if if one of those guys gets another call up i don't think i, I don't think i'm going to be mad I'll, i guess i'll be mad if they play and they look bad but um we haven't had the, the bottom line is we haven't had strong striker play you know since burhalter started coaching the the national team other than that run of friendlies uh, where like our strikers scored nine goals in three games, but those were against uh, Concacaf backups, backups. So it's tough to tough to really say that that's that's our new reality. Yeah, I mean the bottom line is nobody sees the job at all, and hopefully, you know, I'm hopeful that Sargent comes into this camp, uh, you know, fresh and proves all the doubters wrong. But I've I've been hopeful about that in every camp that Josh Sargent has participated in. Since, since he uh, first made his debut with the national team, as you like, as we like to say, he's uh, he's maybe he'll turn the corner this time. <laughs> so the roster's coming out. What we do, maybe tomorrow, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Yeah, I've heard Tuesday. I've heard Thursday. I haven't heard Wednesday yet. So that you're you're throwing out well, the Wednesday the, rumor. The Wednesday rumor is just because the MLS All Star Game is Wednesday night, and you could, you know, conceivably release it at halftime. When the whole nation will be sitting there with bated breath. That makes and, sense. Pepe's playing in that, right? Is, oh, yeah. Pepe will be there. Ooh, the plot thickens. There we go. There we go. If you haven't already, you should check out our uh, episode where we talked to John Arnold about El Salvador, Canada, and Honduras. He's a very knowledgeable guy, and um, that episode is uh, sort of increasingly relevant as the day draws near. Um, anything else, Greg? Well, I saw somebody on the Discord say that they were going to uh, listen to each segment of that the day of the that the game we were playing that opponent, and I thought that was a pretty good idea to be fresh about what you were going to be watching because it is it's hard to keep track of all of what John was talking about. Awesome previews, but to keep track of all of all of that all at once. But uh, the day of the game, I'm I'm going to be refreshing that 
El Salvador section. Shout out uh, Denzera for that suggestion. Um, and by the way, uh, you know, if you if you're curious about the Discord, we just this morning, I just this morning did a weekend recap on the Discord channel, and we recorded it. And some people asked some questions. Thanks to those folks who did that, and I turned that into a essentially a mini podcast episode and published it for the for patrons. So. You can be part of the Discord. You can get the patron-only episodes, such as they are, by becoming a patron of the Scuff Podcast. Uh, your move, everybody. No, and we—I I say that—I say that flippantly, but we really do appreciate all the people who do support the podcast. That is wonderful, and thank you. Uh, the only other piece of news I think that we haven't covered is just Otisoe to Bruges Club Bruges. Owen Otisoe signed from Wolverhampton. Uh, hasn't played yet, but we should, you know, keep an eye on that because that, that's a good chance for him to get some minutes and maybe he'll, you know, 16 months is a lot of time. So people can still emerge as Conrad De La Fuente and Joe Scali have shown us. Who's the Argentina kid went to the Argentina kid just signed for, uh, who'd he sign for? Help me out here. Montreal. Matko. Yeah. Yeah. Georgie's going to oh, be yeah. setting him up. Or maybe he's going to be setting up Georgie. Which one is which? It's Georgie. Georgie's a playmaker. Matko, from what I've seen, is the speed merchant. He, he's Tyler Boyd. He will, he just wants the ball. He wants to run vertically. That's that's my yeah. That's my scouting report from like a year ago, which was probably the last time Motko played in a competitive <laughs> soccer game. Well, one other one other piece of housekeeping is we are gonna do. Uh, Greg's not gonna be able to make it, unfortunately, but I will be there, uh, and uh, several other several listeners will be there, and some of our friends, some of Greg's and my mutual friends will be there in Nashville for the Canada. Uh, World Cup qualifier on September 5th. We're going to try to do a live show in the parking lot at a scuff tailgate. Uh, <laughs> planning live events is not, you know, it's not what I have my degree in. So uh, bear with us. But that's that should be fun. It should be fun to to meet up with people and uh, have a good time, get loose, and go see the U.S. beat Canada and get their sixth points of the uh, qualifying window. That's right. That's right. Part of the part of the eight day celebration that will be the September World Cup qualifying window. <laughs> yep. So may it be. Anything else, Greg, you want to mention? Nothing at all. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.